Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. Really happy tonight to have Chantel Swenson here to have you share your story. And before we get into a little of your history, you wanted to say something to the Latter-day Saints. Yes, I just would like to say that I'm not here to bash Mormonism. I'm here to prove that it's religion of all sorts, Mormonism, Catholic, anything that adds to the gospel of Christ that can confuse you and get you so twisted up. I'm, I'm just here to share my story and, and hope that I can touch lives. Well, thanks. You know, I didn't realize that, that I, as a Mormon, an active Mormon for so many years, was in a legalistic system. And I, that's been one of the great joys of being in a Christian walk and trusting just in Jesus alone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's begin then a little bit with your history as a Latter-day Saint. You were born in, in the church and Actually, baptized? No. no, I wasn't born in the church, uh, but I was baptized and confirmed okay. um, at the appropriate ages. Uh. But then shortly after, our family stopped going. Wow. Uh, to church because uh, somebody mentioned to my parents that they didn't belong there because they smoked. Oh. So then they stopped. And they how stopped many brothers going. and sisters did I you I have, have? Uh, two sisters, oh. an older and a younger. Oh. So I'm kind of in the middle. Okay. <laughs> so did you not go to church then at all not in your at youth? Not okay. We weren't active at all as little And did you start going to church kids. though at some point? No, not till the age of 16. Okay. Uh, what happened at 16? Uh, then I decided to attend girls camp because I so desperately wanted to fit in with okay. everybody. Because Cokeville, where I come from, is a town of 500 people and like 98% Mormon. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was really on the outside of things and decided to go to girls camp. Mm, how was that experience? Oh. <sighs> While I was there, I was feeling something. I didn't know what it was, so I decided to go and uh, talk to one of the leaders for a couple hours about what I was feeling. And she talked about Joseph Smith and the first vision and and the warm and fuzzy that's supposed to be a confirming a yes. burning in the bosom. Burning and, in the bosom, yeah. you know. So I thought, you know, I so desperately want to fit in that in the middle of the conversation I said the cabin's turning white I hear a voice he's saying I've always loved you but you pushed me away and I made the whole thing up just so I could fit in and that's how my Mormon walk started I then then started going to church when I got home and got got my mom going and eventually she went to the temple without my dad and then eventually my dad came and then we all started going. <laughs> yeah. You know? So do you feel like you had a testimony of the Book of Mormon and Joseph? I Smith had a and... testimony of everything. Yeah. I ate Mormonism up. I was, 
as Mormon as you can get. <laughs> I went, so you were totally active? I was totally active. I went to four years of seminary, graduated, and I uh, memorized all the scripture masteries that we were, had to memorize. Wow. And, yeah, I was very, very active. And then shortly before I came down here to Salt Lake, I uh, got permission from the stake president and my bishop at home to go through the temple because they thought it would be a great protection for me. Oh, okay. And how was that experience? I loved it. Yeah? I, I, I thought, oh, this is awesome, you know. Uh, but now it's different. But <laughs> but you went through the temple a number of times and you enjoyed the experience. A number of times yeah. and I, I loved it every time and I always got that warm and fuzzy that would start up from my toes and just come all the way to the top. And that was my confirming yes that held me in there for lots of years. Wow. And how about the rest of your family? Were they active? They were active too. Yeah. My oldest sister got married in the temple. The youngest one didn't, but we've yeah. all, they've all been active. They're still active. Wow. I'm the only one that left. Okay. First to join and first to leave. Wow. So what, uh, you, you go to school during this time, then you're now a little older, I uh -huh. guess, in your 20s, are you, mm -hmm. at, at this point? About, about 20, 21. Yeah. And uh, then, I, then I went to college mm -hmm. in Rock Springs uh, for my associate's degree. Okay. And then... Uh, I moved down here to Salt Lake. Um, before I could even move down here, Dad had two stipulations that had to be met. My dad is very rural, you know. <laughs> so he said, you have to get a job with the church, and then you have to have a place to live. So the church called with a position, because I'd been applying for a while. And they called with one and said, uh, has potential to go full-time. Do you want it? I said, yeah. Okay. But I, I didn't have a place to live yet. And the next day, after the job offer came in, the Brigham Apartments um, called and said, we have an opening. You want the wow. room? And you felt like God was involved in that, I felt that, God was involved in that, so and I felt like it was where I was supposed to so go. So the church must be true. <laughs> so... So I forced my parents to move me down here. Wow. Made them pack everything in the car. So you worked for the church for a while? For a week. Oh, is that all? <laughs> and then they took it from me because they said I couldn't do the job because oh. they didn't have desks that fit my wheelchair. Oh. So I had to try to work out of my lap, which made it impossible. Wow. And I went for 13 months with no employment. Well, that kind of, seems kind of strange not to be critical this way of the church yeah. uh, in a practical sense, but uh, being as politically correct as it would be these days, I would think they'd make accommodations for you, but they just uh, made they it rough didn't. for you to stay, and mm -hmm. so you ended up... And there was only one bathroom in the whole facility that I could use, and it was and on it the was. 14th floor. Oh, that was... Uh, Accessible. Accessible. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's kind of a strange part mm -hmm. of our story. And then I have, I have difficulty with, with dresses, you know, yeah. as you can imagine. And I tried, I begged for them to let me wear pants. Nice pants, dress pants, yeah. because it was easier. No, if you want to work here, if you want to work <laughs> for the office of the president, you're going to wear a dress. That doesn't sound too legalistic, does it? No, oh, no. Boy, there. 
But you did go back to school. You got a law degree. I Is did. That right? uh, but that was just recently. Oh. Um, I, I had a position at ARUP Laboratories as an administrative assistant first. Hmm. They ended up moving, and I couldn't get out there. There was no transit out hmm. there. So as a way to survive, I took a graveyard position as a processor. And uh, during that time is when I got my bachelor's degree okay. as a paralegal. Well, now discussing your Mormon time here, you're very active. You, you're in a singles ward and you're attending. And just By that time, I'd made it to my third ward because I had some difficulties in the other ward. Okay. Um, wards. Yeah. So. But very active and had a oh, testimony. Yeah. Still yeah. going to the temple Went and all. Went to the temple So what happens time. that kind of... Uh, makes you start looking at the church in a different way? I think when it when I all started looking at it differently was when I, the more I went to the temple, every time I went back, um, their rule about having to marry a worthy priesthood holder in the temple, and if you didn't, you don't get to the top kingdom of heaven, the celestial and kingdom. that's the one where God is, and I thought, I already have a disability that makes it so hard to date and get married I'm not going to make it I am not going to make it and I just couldn't take it anymore now you did have family and others that said oh you'll you'll get a chance yeah. right yeah but it didn't uh, but that for didn't, you personally it just that didn't seem didn't, to satisfy didn't hold water for me wow. I'm the kind of person you give me a rule man I got to follow it there's no Wait until later. <laughs> you want to take care of it right now, and you knew that's what you were supposed to do. And, yep, because yeah, because I was so fearful. Yeah. If I don't get married, what am I going to do? I don't get to see God. And it just scared me to death, and I couldn't do it anymore. Wow. Kind of reminds me of the scripture that's had an impact in my life is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Mm -hmm. And we know that there are... If, and, that, in the Mormon church, the LDS church, you have to not only be pure in heart, but you have to be a Mormon pure in heart. You mm -hmm. have to go through the temple and do all the things that the Mormon church would expect of you, not just be pure right. in heart to see God. So that had a lot of impact on you, and it made you think, and tell uh -huh. us about that. I mean, you just mulled that over for a while, or what? Well, I got mulling it over so bad that to the point that... <coughs> uh, I didn't want to live anymore. Was that de you really were depressed about that? Yep, I was ready to end it all. Oh. I was uh, rolling around my apartment in 2010 looking for something to do the job. I was done. Oh my goodness. But I, I, I also had a thought. I thought, but I know God's real because he's done too much in my life for me to say, that he's not real, but I can't do this anymore. So I called my aunt. My aunt um, was Christian, and she had been for about uh, three years, I think, at the time. Might be a little. Had she been on LDS that. before? Uh, no, she she's a kind of she was born into it. Was tried to be active, but she never bought into it, never mm. could. She always felt like there was something wrong. But she was an active Christian when you called her. Oh, and, yes. And, very, and so, very. Now, so what did she tell you? Uh, well, I just kept asking her all these questions because I could not, for the life of me, understand how 
she could love God and talk about God the way that she did without being part of the true religion of Mormonism. So everything that I came at her with on the Mormon side, she brought the Bible to me and hit me with something from the Bible every time, everything. I was getting so frustrated. I was like, how does she do this? So anyway, we talked for 12 hours straight. Oh my on the goodness. Phone. <laughs> on the phone? On the phone. I wear your ear out. <laughs> Wore both of our ears out. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a life saving conversation. Like she, oh, it must have been. And so she was able to share with you scriptures mm -hmm. out of the Bible. Now your background as a Latter day Saint would have told you that the Bible's not oh, trustworthy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, No. Completely. No. I this can't be right, you know. I've never read these things. Yeah. in the Bible, and I had, I'd taken the Old Testament and New Testament yeah. in seminary, but I'd never heard the things she was talking about. And they're right there in the Bible. But they're right there. Yeah. They're right there if you read a non-church-issued Bible, because the Bibles that are issued by the LDS Church are contradictory to every other Bible. Well, not the words, but the summaries and the, uh, the actual things that they words, put in. The actual words in some places are. Oh. Well, I know they use so. the King James Version, but... Uh-huh. Uh yeah. So anyway, after this long conversation, were you... Did you... She said, uh, don't believe me. Go to utlm.org, the Lighthouse Ministry yeah. website, and uh, check it out. You know, prove me wrong. Check out everything. Make a list of oh. your five most important things that, uh, that are holding you in there. And prove me wrong. So you so, could kind of so concentrate on those. Yeah, it kept me things. focused. That yeah. was one of the greatest things she did. She uh, she gave me a pattern to follow. I like patterns, so <laughs> that worked well for me. So what did you find as you started studying? Oh, I discovered that everything she was saying was right and true. Yeah. And the more I tried to prove her wrong, the more I realized she was right. And it, it felt like I was uh, attending my own death. Wow, it broke mean? my heart. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you have to die to your old self for that new creation to come out and be wow. born again. Yeah. And uh, it's it's true. You felt like you had it's to true. to die to that old uh -huh. those old beliefs, and you were finding new things. That's uh -huh. exactly what happened to me. And it's it's not a one-time thing. Yeah. It happens every day of your Christian walk. The Lord kills a little bit more of that old chin. Old self. Huh? Old self. Well, what did you find specifically? Anything? I mean, you probably found a lot, but one or two that really struck you. The uh, two biggest that struck me was the temple and everything that it's really about, everything that it that goes on in there is based on masonry and didn't come from a revelation from God. Yeah, and, and that the, the original temple was for sacrifices, mm -hmm. looking forward yeah. to the coming of Christ. The original temple of the Bible has nothing to do with their marriage for time and all eternity. Yeah, yeah. So between that and then uh, the other one? Joseph Smith and the first vision and the fact that it was changed at least nine times. Yeah. And in his own handwriting, the first one, it says he saw one person, one God. Yeah. And then it changes to what it is today. Well, I'm convinced with the changes in the Book of Mormon and what the Book of Mormon actually says in like Alma 34 and mm -hmm. 
Mosiah 15 and so on, though, he believed in the Christian God. Uh -huh. He didn't, uh, and if he did, then, the, then what he says happened in 1820 didn't really happen. Right. Yeah. So those were really impactful on you. So do you feel like you were, what we say, just a new creature? Uh, you're spiritually yep, regenerated just, uh, at that point? I was just a new born-again baby Christian, <laughs> and I still am. How, jo how joyful has that been for you? What, 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 what's the impact it's been for you? Oh, how do you put that into words? Um, before I became Christian, I was uh, very withdrawn. I would sit with a slouch. I wouldn't talk to anyone. Because you didn't feel worthy? or I didn't feel loved and like I was worth it. Wow. And becoming a Christian and becoming uh, this new person... From the inside out, uh, uh, it's just changed me completely. And you know, you know in your soul that only a God, the one true God, can do a work like that that takes you from the inside out wow. and changes you. What does Jesus mean to you now, as a uh, compared as a Christian compared to being a Mormon Latter Day Saint? As a Mormon, uh, I thought he was just my elder brother someone that I was to emulate and become exactly like. And the more I tried, the more I messed up every time. And then the whole repentance process, you know, yeah. that you have to try to go through. Try to, trying to do more all and more. Steps all, and, all on our own, right? Not, yeah. And then, of course, the Mormons believe that Jesus will make up the difference, but that right. we're the ones responsible. But now as a Christian, I know with every fiber of my being that He is God in the flesh. He came to show us and the world how to do it because we weren't getting it. We weren't getting it. And He is my best friend in the world. Wow. And just a totally different perspective of who He is and what He did yeah. for us, and that He didn't have to come here to the earth. Not at all. He wanted to do that because He loved us. And that my sins, my sins were a part of responsible for putting Him on that cross and yeah. why He died. And knowing that we can't uh, ever do it ourselves, it's all by His grace mm -hmm. and His righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's such a wonderful... and and and. You mentioned earlier freedom, and uh, oh. there's a peace and a burden lifted off our shoulders, isn't it? But I also want to say to every Mormon viewer out there that that freedom does not make you think, "Wow, I can go out and do whatever I want," because the Bible, His Word, His true and living Word, convicts you to the core of your being and you don't want to do that stuff anymore and you try so hard to not do it. So that freedom that we talk about, yeah. it isn't a license to do whatever we want. That's right. Yeah, that's wonderful. You've mentioned the Bible a couple of times. I guess you had the same perspective that we all did as a Latter-day Saint about the Bible. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was corrupt. It was evil. It was horrible. I couldn't touch it. Even though I took those seminary classes. Still did, didn't really trust it. Yeah, I didn't at all. But now it's my greatest treasure in my whole entire life. And the nuggets of truth that come out of it that take my breath away 
just knock my socks off. Wow. Well, tell the Latter-day Saints, what, what does being born again, what does, it, what does that really mean to you, to be a new creature? Oh, just being changed from, from the inside out into this person that I never thought I could possibly be. Um, and it doesn't mean that I think I'm perfect or that I think I can do all these great things because I can't do any of it. Jesus does it all, and he's the only, the only way. Wow. We haven't talked too much about this over the weeks that we've done this, although a few times, but what does prayer mean? How, do you, how, how are your prayers different now? It's interesting that you would ask that question because just until recently, I've really struggled with prayer. Oh. Prayer has been uh, kind of difficult because you come from the culture where you have to follow steps, you know, say thank you for everything, and then you have to go through the repentance for everything. And then, you know, that process yeah. that I'm talking about. Yeah. But now, as I pray, it's more of just like a conversation with God and me. There's nobody in between. There's not a bishop. There's not a pastor. There's not a certain way of doing it. It's wow. just, uh, and I talk to him constantly, all day. I never hardly ever say amen, because I never... <laughs> you never finished. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those long conversations again. Yeah. But isn't that a wonderful peace and a joy that you get it having really that relationship? I, I always felt like, of course, I was praying to, to God, the Father, uh, the father of my spirit, I guess, is a Latter-day Saint. But now I'm praying to God Almighty, who the, was not once a man. The holy fire that can yeah. torch you at any Consum second. <laughs> Consuming that, fire. That without Jesus, we can't even approach. Yeah. Now, you attend a church. You go yes. to church in, I go in good to, weather, of course. And, uh -huh. Go and, to Calvary, Salt Lake City. And how is that different? What was your oh. first impression of that and or any of the other when Christian I, churches you When went I to? first went, it scared me yeah. because, uh, you know, in the LDS religion, you're supposed to be quiet and reverent. Yeah. And in the Christian church, there's this band and uh, contemporary Christian music with a beat and the <laughs> words up on the screen. Yeah. And, Have oh, you enjoyed that? So different, yes. Yeah. I've, I've loved it, every minute of it. It's such a worship. It's so full of uh -huh. Christ, and it's just joyful. And that's the it? other thing that's so different. From, from the moment you step in the door, you're talking about Jesus and God. You're not talking about the prophets and the apostles and the yeah. pioneers and their journey. It's just about God. It's all about Jesus. We have that sign right, right in the lobby of our church. It's all about Jesus and it really is. And that's so different, isn't it? We don't have any other idols in front of us. We just worship Jesus. And this is when you were mentioning about bashing the church and all. It's just interesting that we, those of us that have come into the Christian walk are closer, or at least we feel closer to God than we've ever felt before. Uh -huh. And yet our friends and family would think we're deceived. Right. That Satan's got a hold of us. And yet we're following the Bible that God's given us. Uh -huh. We haven't added to it, like all the stuff that Joseph added. And I love that scripture that says, My word shall never pass away. Everything else will, but my word never will. And we can trust that, can't we? Can we can trust it. Yeah. Well, we've got just a little bit of time, Chantel, left. Uh, what, what would you say to the Latter-day Saints? <laughs> rather than uh, rather than encourage you to study because I know 
most think that we're encouraging you to study anti-Mormon, I would encourage you to focus on the last three words Jesus said on the cross, which is, it is finished. Once you grasp that fully and realize that he did it all, and if we believe on him, the work is done and we're going to heaven. You know, one of the things that that I didn't understand as a Latter-day Saint was the veil in the temple and that the veil in the in the in the temple was rent uh-huh. it says in Luke I think when he was crucified and that took the veil away from the away from being between us and God so that our relationship is directly with God there is nothing yeah. between us and God yeah. and yet Mormonism has set all of this stuff between us and God. I mean, so many things that we have to live and and the laws. When I ran into that scripture that you're referring to in Matthew where it says he ripped the veil from the top. Was it Matthew? I think it's Matthew. At the very (laughs) end of of Matthew's gospel, I believe, I may be wrong, it it says it was ripped from the top to the bottom. I called my aunt and I screamed for all the joy in the world because I realized what that meant. Yeah. There was nothing in between. And this was a huge, thick veil. I uh-huh. mean, it was thick, right? It you couldn't cut Horses couldn't with tear it, it apart yeah. or something. Yeah. It was just well, Chantel, you're just delightful. <laughs> we can tell that you've, you've certainly had your challenges in life, and, yeah. but you were a true blue Mormon, sounds like, and full, full of testimony and temple, and, and you've now come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And... And you have a wonderful countenance. You can tell you're happy and much better than your other feelings. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we love you. Love you, too. Wish you the best, sister. Thanks. (laughs) We appreciate you watching. Please think about following the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.